what I want to do is I want to go to the day's subject. All right. This past week, let me do this first. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 7. That's what we talked about last Sunday. Then I'm going to give you my subject. We went to the book of Galatians chapter number uh, 2, verse 7. The week before that, we went to Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. See, we are, we're, we're showing you what Paul preached. That's what we want to show you. Paul preached Christ. And then we're going to show you why. Because you cannot get grace if you don't preach Christ. <laughs> Praise God. Your people can't get the grace of God in the churches if you don't preach Christ. You can't preach grace and get grace. You got to preach Christ. And that's why Christ is the grace of God. And that's what you got to understand. When you're going to preach grace, you got to understand you're preaching Christ. When you're preaching Christ, you're preaching grace. All right. Now, in the book of Galatia, uh, chapter 2 and verse number 10, just one verse. This was last week's message. Galatia chapter 2, only they would that we should remember the poor. That's what I said to you last week. And today what I want to do is I want to expound on that. Because this has taken us into, like I said this morning, I kind of feel like we had a position of a climax where we were. It's going to take us into it like a luncheon pad. Remember the poor. I believe it's a luncheon pad into Paul's ministry. Because from there on, he had to take what he had unto the people. He had to take the gospel to them. And number one, his ministry was to the gospel. The gospel of Christ, number one, was for the poor. That's when Jesus came, when Jesus announced uh, his ministry, he announced that the gospel, that he had the gospel of the kingdom also was to be preached to the poor. So we have to understand that they were poor in spirit, but they were also physically poor. So God's word is to deliver you from poverty. And that's what I told you last week. Get a lot of big hand. I just really believe that's, I believe that's going to happen to a lot of people's lives. Until you become a cheerful giver, you need to be delivered from poverty. The spiritual, the, what you have in you that's spiritual cannot be fully used until you be a cheerful giver. So when God talking about sowing and reaping, he's talking about you going to be reaping out of the Christ that's in you, in your life, as you give physically in your life. And see, when people don't give physically, they shut down what they have spiritually. That's why God loves, say God loves, God loves. a cheerful giver. And then he's saying, then God is able to make all grace abound. See, the grace is in you. But the grace in you cannot abound in your life because you won't give in the natural life. How many can see that now? See, you are shut down. Remember, uh, God working within you, both the will and the do, watch this, of his good pleasure. See, that's why Philippians 2.12, now to him, that worketh in us, both the will and the, he, he both, both worketh within us, both the will of his, both the will and the do of his good pleasure. See, so say, say what he wants to do in my life, say it with me, what do you want to do in my life? He can only do it through Christ. See, that's what you got to understand. He can only do it through the Christ that's in me. So when I don't become a cheerful giver, then he, it shuts him down. It's just like this. It's just like this. He wants to release what he wants to release in my life spiritually, but I won't release what I have physically. How many can heal that? And that's what you got to understand. You the one causes the spirit of God in me to minister to the people in my life. See, the key, the key of this, God can't uh, release what he has in your life if you don't release what he's given you in your life. Freely you have received, freely give. See, that's a spiritual principle. So under the gospel of the kingdom, so that's why we're going to talk about, uh, uh, let's go to my message today. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, well, 4. 415. We're going to look at verse 5 while we're there. We're going to do both of them. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse 15. Then we're going back, back to verse 5. Let's do it that way. So Paul is saying to the church, he's speaking to the church, and this is what you must see 
is to become a cheerful giver. Remember last week, message kind of launched us on a luncheon pad. So when people don't, it's not a cheerful giver. And when I'm talking about cheerful giver, I'm not talking about just money. You got to, the Bible said, oh, no man, anything but the love one another. So even you got to give the love that God has given unto you. So everything God has given unto you, you have to release that. And now God gives, give you more. All right. So 2 Corinthians 4.15 will be our subject. It says, for all things. Now this is, we didn't get too far this morning. For all things are for your sake. So everything God has is for us. Why? That the abundant grace, I want to I read Mike through the thanksgiving of God, but I want to skip down to the word redound. See, I was going to be an English professor so you know how to exclude words and don't lose the meaning. You Just follow me, watch this. For all things are for your sake, that the abundant grace, watch this, might redound. See, they added that part in there, might through the thanksgiving. See, you take it through the thanksgiving out and says, for all things are your sake, that the abundant grace might redound to the glory of God. And then you can add the other part now through thanksgiving of, of many. Otherwise, it's going to cause you thanksgiving. Thank God. All right. So God wants you to have the abundant grace. That's how you're going to explode in thanksgiving. So that's why I said to the people of this church, what I want to hear you say in this church every now and then is thank you, Lord. Amen. You know, so you don't have to do the old religious tradition way how people said in the church. And I know because I was in a religious tradition time in my life where you just said, yeah, amen, yeah, okay. That kind of stuff. Just say thank you, Lord. I mean, just make sure what you say is edifying. All right, all right. But I'm not telling you not to say anything. Just say something that's edifying. All right, not, let me move on. Now, verse 5, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So through that, we're going to talk about the word abundant grace. Say it with me. Abundant grace. Come on, not just a little grace. Come on. Abundant grace. So otherwise, you determine how much grace God going to release in your life. How much can you handle? See, a lot of people may not understand about abundant grace, but this grace is what? Abundant. All right, now watch verse 5. This is how you got it. Paul said, we preach not ourselves. We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus. See, that's how, that's what the grace is sought for, for you to sow. See, Paul don't use the word sow there, but when you're preaching to somebody, preaching Christ to somebody, you're sowing. When you're loving you are sowing. The word sowing is giving. That's what you're doing. You're giving. That's what it means. Give. Old Testament just used the word give. Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, running over. Shall men given to your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured you again. Somebody find that for me so I can give, give them that verse of scripture. So you got to understand, when he's talking about giving, that was the laws of the kingdom. See, one day I'm going to deal with all the laws. And the kingdom had laws. This was the laws of the kingdom. Matthew 7, 7. Write that down to get a chance I show it to you. You have to know the laws of the kingdom. In the laws of the kingdom, we, we, we don't operate in the laws of the kingdom because we already have. The laws of the kingdom were so they would have. The laws of the kingdom says, give and it shall be given you. Luke 6, 38. I want you to find that out because that's one of the Elementary scriptures I had to learn when I first started ministry. Luke 6, 38. Let's go there. Let's just start there. So we're talking about what today? Abundant grace. All right. It all depends how much you want, but I can see abundance. Praise God. All right. Luke 6, 38. Now we're going back to Jesus' ministry because remember Jesus taught the gospel of the kingdom. So if he taught the gospel of the kingdom and he did, then there were laws, spiritual laws, like, for example, I told you this morning, see, there's the law of Moses. That it law, just repeat them out for me. Law of Moses. Law of, Moses. Law of Christ. Law of, Christ. Law of the spirit of life. Law of, spirit of, life. Law of sin. Law of, sin. Law, of death. law of death. See, all these are laws. So you have next, you have the law of faith. The law of works. All these things you talk about in the new covenant, they are laws. Otherwise, if you understand gravity... Do you understand laws? 
Because if you jump off a building, you can say, I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. That sounds good, but you jump off that house, you go into the ground. Now, why is that? The law of gravity. Otherwise, if it's a law, it works. It works. You don't have to worry about the law of gravity. It works. So you got to understand, if it's the law of faith, guess what? It works. You don't, you don't make it work. Law of gravity work. You don't have to make gravity. You don't have to jump off a building and say, okay, then I want to go down. You don't have to do that, right? It's a law of gravity. You, you jump off a building, guess which way you're going? Goodbye. The law of gravity works. Say, law of gravity works. And you don't have to make it work. So if it's a law, it works if you'll use it. But you got to use it. So otherwise, if you never jump out the airplane, you're not going down. Hmm. So I got to know how the word works. If I never believe it, it don't work. <laughs> oh, my God. See, you got to understand that's you be like, well, Pastor Cohen, why in the world he just prayed for Sandra this morning? She don't have no. Because I believe I believe what I pray. I use the law of faith. So you got these spiritual laws that you got to use. And you can't use the law of work when you're going to use the law of faith because that's an opposition. Okay. We're going to be hearing stuff like that soon, okay? All right. Now, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Uh, this is what the Lord said in his ministry as he was teaching under the gospel of the kingdom. Somebody said the gospel of the kingdom. All right. So the gospel of the kingdom is Christ, but it's not a manifestation. So you have to understand, under the gospel of the kingdom, the word was made flesh. So it's not like you could tell the word what to do under the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus was in the flesh. In the flesh, he was limited. So if you're trying to, you can't have the gospel of the kingdom, that's why people are still trying to preach the gospel of the kingdom. When you're preaching, you got to confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart God raised Jesus from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's the gospel of the kingdom. Everything shall. Gospel of the kingdom is future tense. The gospel of grace is past tense. Everything in the new covenant that Paul preached, watch this, is in the past tense. Everything is, he has. He has. Everything is always, he has done. When I, when I read 1 Corinthians chapter 15, which I'm going to read it today, is everything that God has already done. So every time you look at, read the book like the Roman to Philemon, it's already happened. But if you go to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's going to happen. It shall happen. The gospel of the kingdom, the law says, when I go to Matthew 7 and 7, in there somewhere, it says, just like, let me show you this one, Luke 6, 38, give. See, you have to go do something before something happen to you. In the gospel of Christ, I'm sorry, the gospel of grace, everything has already happened. You just got to know how to receive it. And when you believe when it's preached, you got to receive it. Let me say it again. You got to believe when it's preached. So you hear it, you got to believe it. And that's what happened to people. They sit right in church and God say something, they won't believe it. Later on, they get, you know, uh, you know I, I believe that. No, you don't because you would believe it. You would be, believe it when it was spoken. When you heard it, you got you to reach and get it. It's, it's no different than, uh, I, I was mowing the lawnmower once. I have a ton around. And, uh, you know, I had another one, but it was too slow for me. You know, I was getting older. I got to move faster, you know. Then I found out I'd get more done with the turnaround. And then I was out there, man, I, was, mm, I had that way with full speed. 
that I always keep seeing these bugs, you know, was, got up, was flying around in the air. When I'm, and then I, after a while, I saw a bird. We call them snowbirds down south. Little old bird with the wings like this here, but he was coming by. And I sought, I sought the Lord. And I'm like, Lord, what in the world going on? Every time I get on these lawnmowers, I see these birds, and they almost knock me off the lawnmower. He says, son, they don't want you. When you cut your grass, you makes the bugs come up. And when you make the bugs come up, they got fly by you and catch them. I said, wow, isn't that something? He said, so go cut your lawn so you can feed the birds. You'll catch y'all. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. So the laws, these are laws of the kingdom. Said the laws of the kingdom. All right. Give and it shall be given you, see. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men given in your bosom. For with the same measure you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now that's the laws of the kingdom. People take those and says, see, if I give, it'll be given to me. But he's not talking about money. He's talking about love. So, see, you have to understand this is the gospel of the kingdom. It's not revealed here. You have to come over into, over into the Apostle Paul ministry, and it will tell you uh, how God operates. So, I'm going I'm to give you one. I'm going to give you one, and I want you to go to Psalms 41. In Psalm 41, and we're going to look at, let's look at about three verses. And I want to show you something in Psalm 41. See, he's telling these guys how to get out of poverty. Because they're going to have to learn to be cheerful givers. See, if God's going to make the grace work in your life, you got to give. So when I go back to 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 6 through 9 in that area, you're going to see that when you become a cheerful giver, now God is able to make all grace abound towards you. Watch this. That you always having. Now just think about it. Always. Mm-hmm. Always having. And then he told you all sufficiency. See, everything and all things. See, everything you go through, the, you got, it's continue to grow. So you don't look at what happened to somebody else. Like I told you before, I worked at General Motors for 30 years, and I never forget when God did some things in my life. And when they, we had a plant six here where we made all the engines and all the coals and stuff. And I had, you know, I had a big time job, you know, at General Motors, and I had my uh, radios on and stuff. And they, Earl, won't you go to the line, so and so? Earl, go to the, you know, I got to call the man. He's going to take care of the business, you know. But that ran out. And they shut the doors in 1986. And then people are going to say, what you going to do now? That's what you hear, the voice of the enemy. What you going to do now? Well, we all get together. We have to go through this room. And they said to us, some of you are going to be laid off. And some of you are going to have to retire. Some of you we are going to transfer. You have no choice. You're going to transfer to uh, Ohio. And I can't think the place down there, but I looked at it on television going like, wow, wow, I'm glad I didn't go here. But anyway, that's where they're going to have to go to. But they have a, 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 a foundry there in Ohio. All right. Then the next place had to be Saginaw, which I remember that, called Gray Iron. And everybody there had more than 30 years seniority in the trade. I was a pattern repairman. And I'm going like, what am I going to do now? I can't go to neither one of these places. And he said, then, if you, if you don't go to these places, we're going to give you a chance. If you don't go to these places, you're going to have to go to the, some other jobs or something else. And, I, and it finalized me as retired. They retired all of us. I was 46 years old. I got to start doing Social Security, which wasn't $1,000 less, when I'm 46. No, I started when I was 62. But they gave me General Motors pay at that time, like a couple thousand dollars a week. And I'm going like, that ain't bad, that ain't bad. But when I got 62, they cut it in half. No, that don't sound right. You know what I mean? 
And then it said, now you got to go and draw your social security. Well, I'm only 62 years old. So you don't get but a portion at 62. You don't get all your social security, social security till you get to the age, which is 65, 66, 67. They keep raising it. So you got to understand, you're going to have to know what you have. You got to know what you have. Some of y'all need to watch television. They're trying to take it away from you right now. But you have to know what you have, and that's why I'm teaching on abundant grace. See, the church should have just went on. They should have, hey. You got to know what you got, man. You got to know what you got. If they're coming famine, you got to know what you got. If they come a layoff, you got to know what you got. If they run out of money, you got to know what you got. Because nothing stops grace. Now let me go back to my message. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 15, all things are for your sake. God is saying everything I got is for my children. Why? That the abundant grace might through the thanksgiving of many redound to the glory of God so you will be able to give God praise and thanksgiving. Now let's go to Psalm 41. And then Paul said, remember the poor. Now here it is, you're going through a situation in your own life and God tells me to remember the poor. You know, it's like my mother. My mother used to always say about these old people, that's how she's always talked. She said, man, I'm telling you, it's hard on these old people. And one day my, my brother and sister looked at her and said, Mama, you, you are the old people. <laughs> but she never saw herself as the old people. My mother never worked since she came here for over 30 years until she passed away. She never worked another day in her life. That's right. But that's what I told her when I picked her up, when I took a truck to her house. I said, Mama, you're not staying here no more. 1971, 72. I said, Mama, you know, I told you I'm coming back to get you. She said, I'm going to work. I said, Mama, you understand you're not working no more. We're going to stop by there and tell the people you're gone. <laughs> she said, we ain't, we, we not, I'm moving. I said, yeah, I got a truck coming here in the morning to take, every, take what you want to take. And we're going to Michigan. You're going to be there with me the rest of your life. you never come back here again. She said, never. <laughs> and I told her, I said, Mama, you'll never have to work again. But I want to do that for my mother. And my wife will tell you, that's what we did. And my mother never had to work a job in her life. And Anna have, she had a house she paid for. That house was paid for. Never worked. Never lacked nothing. Now, my, I'm, I'm going somewhere because you got to understand how grace works. Grace, God put grace on somebody. And if you will submit yourself to them, that grace will come on you. You hear me? You hear me? You, you could be fighting the same people God using to bless you. See, the grace that God put on Minister Wade right there, it, and, and, and my sister Wade there, see, those are professionals. I call them professionals. And the grace God has given them, he already see it, I guarantee you, on all your children. I guarantee you, his daughter is sitting right there. Now, I guarantee you she's smarter than Wade. Now, he, does, he won't say that. I'm serious. Am I right, brother? I guarantee you, sister, am I right? I guarantee you she's smarter than both of them. Why? Because the grace she got is from the mom and the daddy. She'll be smarter. Hey, I'm going to tell you something else. She'll be richer than them. She'll be smarter. If she keep her, if she keep her road, keep her head straight, don't let nobody bother this. See, that's what happened because she has the grace. You got to understand the word Abraham. I gave you that word Abraham this morning. And I told you, if you ever, and I'm going to teach you one day in Psalm 119, and that gives you 22 alphabets of the Hebrew alphabet, Psalm 119. And in there, one of those alphabets is Abe. 
one of their alphabets. See, there's 22 alphabets. But they used names in there. Abraham is one of their names. Well, Abraham wasn't God, the grace of God wasn't on Abraham like when he was called Abram. He was just Abram. But one day God made him Abraham. Now that's three words. Abe is Abba. So he was the father, but God made sure that he become Bra, and that's the son. And Ham, which means spirit or water, he became Abraham. Now he, he had the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Now he was Abraham. He was father, son, and Holy Ghost. There was nothing else he couldn't do no more. So you got to understand something that's like you. You are spirit. You, I mean, say you are flesh with a soul. But until you get the Holy Spirit in you, you don't have the hum, hum, the spirit, the water. Huh? See, it's God that worketh in you. Both the will and the do of his good pleasure. That's Philippians 2.13. Somebody can just check me on that one. And what happened is once you get the spirit in you, now the grace, he is the grace of God in you, will begin to manifest out of you when you believe. He can only work through you as you believe. And you got to understand you don't want to be in the law of works because the law of works means that you're trying to get it done. It's going to happen. You got to understand law. You can't try to use the law of works and get the law of faith to work. The law of faith is only going to work when you believe that it's you in grace. Because faith works by love. You can't be under law. And love, love, love is no law. Love is the fulfillment of all laws. So if I go all the way back up here and say the law of, uh, the law of Moses, the law of uh, Christ, I go down to the law of, of, uh, of the spirit of life, Romans 8, the law of sin, the law of death, the law of faith. See, about the law of works. All these are laws, but their love is the fulfillment of all those laws. Give the Lord a big hand for you, what you're learning. All right. All right, Psalm 41, finally. In Psalm 41, it's a psalm that was given to David. And the reason why this was given to David the reason why it was given to David is so David would be a praiser. So what God is doing in David's life, watch this again. So he was making David a praiser. But you will never learn how to be a praiser until you understand the development. First, God had to make sure he put the spirit on David, and that's what he did. But if you follow David's life, he had many challenges. And all of these challenges, he become a prayer warrior, we call it. And through his prayer, that's why you have a lot of prayers of David and some. And through his prayers, he began to see God work. And as God began to work, he began to praise. So you have to understand, that's how he operated. So here's, here's one of the things he had to learn how to defeat his enemies. He had to learn how to defeat his enemy and how his grace would operate the spirit, when I say the spirit of grace, would operate his life so his enemy could not put his hands on him. So you go back instead of David, you will see one time David was, the enemy was right there and they couldn't get David. One time he's in the cave. They came in and spent a night in the cave. Couldn't get David. David's in the back of the cave. So you think about it. how in the world all, David and his strong men go in the back of the cave and the cave was all sealed up with spider webs. And so much until the, the other guys couldn't go back there because they feel like ain't nobody been back there. Look at all these spider webs. But when David went back there, God had spiders to seal it all back up so the enemy couldn't come get it. I'm just trying to show you grace. I'm trying to show you favor. It's when God works on your behalf. 
to do a lot of things. He can work on your half to bless you. He can work on your hand to prosper you. He can work on your behalf to, you understand, to heal you. Anything God does on your behalf is the grace of God to do it. By the grace of God, I am what I am. Matter of fact, the college degree, the education you got, the job you got, all came from the Lord. But you got to understand why God did you like that. He made you a blessing for a purpose. Let me say it again. God makes us a blessing so we can be a blessing. Psalm 41. And that's what we don't want to forget. God was blessing Israel, but why was he doing it? Paul, here, David is telling them. Blessed is he, Psalm 41 and 1, that considereth the poor. Now the word considereth is not the word consider. Because you can consider somebody and you think it wasn't considerate. Let me give you the word considerate. The word considerate means to think careful about something. See, you're considering. Hmm. I'm considering to get a new home. Hmm. I'm considering getting married. Hmm. I'm considering moving. Hmm. I'm con See, you consider a lot of things. It's just like the proverb said, many of the plans in a man's heart was the Lord's purpose that's going to prevail. So you consider in doing things, but you, you, have a, they, you have a mood on them. You just consider it. Now, that's not the word considerate. If you look at the Bible, it uses the word. Considerate means blessed he that considereth the poor. Be careful not to cause or hurt others. So he said you got to be very careful how you treat the poor. And then he said next, every, give everyone the honor and the respect they deserve. So if you have people that's in the church that's poor, you give them the respect they deserve. Be careful how you treat strangers. Some of you have treated angels, met angels unaware. That's why, that's what they told the children of Israel. All right, now here's another, here's another one. Take time to listen to we're talking about considering. You have to take time to listen to people. There, there, there are some people are going through things and they need somebody to listen. This is how I learned the definition of the word counsel. I always thought counsel was running my mouth and I'm telling them everything to do. No, it's the opposite. To sit and listen to somebody empty their hearts, you just gave them counsel. People need to have somebody who they can talk to. And when that happened, guess what happened? You gave them counsel. You ever realize you learn what to do when you listen to somebody else who's going through? And you would, God would tell you, that's what I've been trying to tell you. You'll listen to those people. You'll say, no, what you need to do is this. What you need to do is that. And God said, that's what I've been trying to tell you all these years. But it came out of you. Counsel, sister, know what I'm going to say. She's been with this ministry that long. Counsel in the heart of man as Deep water, but a man of understanding will draw it out. And that's what happened here when you begin. The counsel is in the heart. Everything, your answer is in Christ. It's in the heart. It takes somebody who have a situation that you know about and can handle to give them the counsel for that. And the spirit will use the word in you to give them advice. And when that happens, you, you get along. You say, man, thank you, Lord. I didn't know that. You didn't. You didn't know what to say. All right, but you said, but, but the word, to you always, but the word say, and after a while the Spirit told you what, carry on. All right, now watch this here. So that word considerate means take time to listen and care about people and help those God bring into your life. See, so you got to understand when God brings somebody in your life, I'm not talking about going to find nobody, but there are people that God absolutely is going to put in your life that you're going to have to help. So he's saying here in, in Psalm 50, 41, let's go back and read it again. Blessed is he that considers the poor. I'm talking about all this I just told you. Then it says, watch what will happen. You, you will see the seven blessings of favor come on your life. You'll see what? I want to make sure you're listening. The seven blessings of favor is the same thing as abundant grace in the new covenant. You'll see grace abound. You'll see the other word you're always having. Because you are considering the poor. 
See, when you begin to know how to handle the people God put in your life, you will see the grace work. That's what the grace for. See, God blessed me by sending you here. And you'll be like, oh, you did? I'm the worst person you ever want to be at your church. I know it. But I have to pray because you're here. See, some people God put in your life. Did you know that God put Judas in Jesus' life? Jesus said, I have chosen you 12 and one of you is the devil. I would have been like, why don't you get rid of him? No, I'm going to need him. So you got to understand, people in your life for different purposes. That's why you have grace. Watch this. Show you how David dealt with his enemies. Here, he says, blessed he that considered the poor. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will, watch this, he, he received the seven blessings of favor. We're going to count them. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. Now remember, David's going to go through some in his life, and he did. He went through hell. The Lord will preserve him. The Lord will keep him alive. See, all this happened because he considered the poor. He realized how to get God to operate in my life. And God gave him wisdom. The Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him. The Lord will keep him alive. He shall be blessed upon the earth. And not only that, thou wilt not deliver him unto the will of his enemies. You know, you see, you don't know, you don't know what's going on, and God got this favor going in your life, and they're saying, you know what? Uh, I really want to do something against this guy. God said, I can't let you. See, that's going on in the mind. He's thinking about doing it, but God cast that thing down. I can't let you do that. Mm. Well, maybe I do it. No, can't let you do that. See, that's why the enemy could not touch Job's soul. You go back and look at all the things Job have done. Job said, I have taken care of the poor. And that's why you got to understand this ministry helps people. See, I don't, I'm not going by whether they're poor or not. This ministry helps people. So you have to understand something. All, out of all, you go back and look at Jesus' ministry. Uh, you go back, which I thought that's something that God wanted me to get on in here, and I, I'm not wasn't able to do it. But there was a couple of times, matter of fact, I'm not going to these Mark chapter 8, 1 through 9, Jesus fed 4,000. 4,000 people with women and children probably. He fed in Mark chapter 8, verse 9. Then in, 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 in uh, John chapter 6, 1 through 13, he fed 5,000. My point is, he fed people more than that. that the Bible just gave you enough to believe. Now, why was he doing that? Because he came for the poor. And the people who was following him were poor. So when they got hungry, he fed them. And then he taught them all day long to make sure he feed them spiritually and physically. Come on, give him a big hand. He's, he's our Lord. He already taught us how to do it. So the Lord will deliver him in time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him. The Lord will keep him alive. He shall be blessed upon earth. Thou will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. And next, verse 3 says, The Lord will strengthen him up on the bed of languishing. Thou will make all his bed in his sicknesses. So otherwise, whatever he go through in life, I'm going to raise him up. All because he remembered the poor. Somebody clap your hands. It's an awesome thing. So that's how you got to learn how to help people. It don't mean that he said the people God put in your life. See, he, he put them in your life. You don't have to go out there and look at everybody down the street. Whatever one over there. He's not talking about that. There are people who God will put in your life. And they don't have. And you, he wants you to help them. So that's what you need to be looking at in the church. When you walk around the church, you got to be looking at every now and then, see? God will show you somebody. Mm. I, need to, I need to do something for that person. And the Spirit of God showed you that. And it don't make no difference what you had. God told you, you got you to do what God told you. He's trying to get you to the next level. 
You, you don't understand. You can't go to the next level unless you're a cheerful giver. Because you'll get to the next level and you'll still be stingy. Uh, let me move on. See, when God going to get you to the next level, to the next level, he's talking about cheerful givers. Let, let me give you Joseph. Let me give you Joseph. You got to understand Joseph. Why did God put Joseph where he put it? Why did he give him the grace? Why did he give him the wisdom and not his understanding? And then he turned around and get thrown in a dungeon. Gave him a coat of many colors. Then he threw him in the dungeon. He said, oh, well, he was the type of crime. Yeah, I know it. I, I already know that. But why did God use him? Because once God put him in Egypt, he went into prison. Well, Joseph, no, that's not my destiny. Man told me when I worked at General Motors, I was back there shoving sand. I mean, I was dirty. And the man came to me back there who was getting ready to retire from General Motors. He says, what are you doing back here? What's your name? I said, I told him my name. He says, how long you been in, down here? I said, well, I've been down here for so many years. I got so many years. He said, you have any education at all? I said, well, I got a social degree. He says, uh, you don't need to be down here. I want you to come to my office tomorrow. Be there before 4 o'clock. I'm going to leave at 4. I'm going to get ready to retire. I went to the office that day early. And I waited outside. He saw me. He said, well, come on in. I want you to take my scooter. And I want you to go to plant 15 or 16. I got to be very careful because I got wise. And I got wise heart in here. He's not here. He was in the nine o'clock service. Wise heart was a general. Was a, well, he was over the plant. Plant man. Plant manager. Something, something. But anyway, he tore up all our benches. You know, that's wise heart. <laughs> but anyway, we, we good friends. We go fishing together now. I'm his pastor. Ain't that something? Watch this. But the man said, take my, take my scooter and I want you to go to this plant and I want you to go to this man. Get this letter to him. He said, now before I send you over there, I'm going to open it up and I'm going to let you know what's in it. I'm going to let you read it. So I opened it up. It says, this is Earl Crump. I'm recommending him. I am this so-and-so, so-and-so. And I'm recommending him to give him whatever job he wants. Whatever he chooses. It's on the letter. He said, give him whatever job he chooses. And then he says, and all you got to do is choose any job he has open for you. I want this man on skilled trades now. So I sealed, he sealed the letter back up. And he gave it to me and said, take my scooter and I want you to go. Because I'm going to get a half hour, go there, right over there and do this, come back. So I took my letter. Now this guy don't know, I, I know what's on the letter. And I gave the letter to the guy over there and he was trying to tell me like he wasn't hiring right now. I said, I, I think you better read the letter. <laughs> uh, 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 oops. But I think you ought to read the letter. You like the irk, irk. I did a little irk that came over there. Uh, but I think you better read the letter. So he got the letter. He looked up at me. He said, where you want to work? I said, what you got open? Well, he said, well, you know, I said, what are you hiring right now? What can I work right? What's the first thing I can start on? He said, well, you got pattern repairment and your plan you start on in two weeks. I said, I'll take it. That was simple. I said, I'll take it. Uh, he said, uh, okay, uh, you, you have a, something to take you, somebody, you know, take you to that in two weeks. Uh, you can go. I'll call. I'll call over here and verify and make sure this is who it is. I wouldn't worry about that. I know the letter was good. Somebody say amen. amen. And see, the key is, God gave me favor. Yeah. See, that's what favor is. When God raises up somebody on your behalf to bless you, otherwise to get done what you can't get done. Yeah. You got to know what favor is. You got to know what favor is. God will put somebody in your life who don't like you to help you. Can anybody explain what I just said? How many ever had somebody that they worked for don't like them and yet had to help you? Girl, you got grace on your life. Boy, you got grace on your life. When you got divine favor, nothing can stop divine favor. 
Once you got divine favor, even the weather participate. Tell somebody it ain't going to rain on my parade. When you got divine favor, even the dog will sit down. It doesn't make any difference. Nothing bother you when you got divine favor. Everybody works for you. Everything cooperates. Everybody, spirits cooperate. Everything cooperates. Nobody can stop it. It's called divine favor. Look at somebody and say, I got it. You got to know you got it. You, go, you got to know I got it. And I'm going to show you how to get more. When you have an outlet to begin to help people. See, God will tell you if you listen to him. But we don't understand how the mind works, how the spirit works. Now, next week, I'm going to tap into some of that. But you got to know how the mind works, how the spirit works. The spirit ministers to you through your mind, which is your soul or your heart. And then we be thinking that, we be thinking, we thinking of that. <laughs> and them thoughts come in our head and we think that's us. And we rebuke them. The devil is a lie. When the Lord tell you, I want you to give this to sister so-and-so, give this to brother so-and-so, or pick up sister so-and-so, make sure you get this to drop this off. The devil is a lie. But see, the Lord is trying to get you to a place where you obey his voice. You got to understand that spirit. You got to be able to obey the voice of the Lord. The voice of the Lord speaks to your mind. See, there were, there, I, I remember this just in plain. I used to teach uh, on WWON 1160 AM for like eight to 10 years. I don't know how long, a long time. Out there in uh, Fenton, Michigan. And we used to drive out there, we was on the radio, and, they, and there was another guy who did half of the program I did half, and then we started working with some old ministers in Flint, so we had like an hour, two hours a day, where we just taught the word of God. They gave us a free course. And I remember this guy, he, he's always, oh, he was so glad to meet me. And then when he got to the church, he drove a semi-truck and parked on the front lot. He didn't have his trailer, but he had a semi-truck because he would listen to me every day in his truck. And you're going like, who in the world teaching the world like this? And then when he came in there and found out, he looked at the poor pit, he saw I was black. He came one time. And he said, see, he, he, I hadn't stepped out on that pulpit yet. He was like, oh, man, I'm coming here because that word, that word, that word. But when I came out of that office, just like. Now, that's totally different. See that man over there named Gene Gooden? Wave your hand, Gene Gooden. Gene, Brother Gene Gooden. That's my, that's my brother. Watch this. Brother Gene came to, my, to, to the church. Now, he came to the church with Brother Nelson. Am I right? Came with Brother Nelson. Minister Nelson. And when he came here, going, oh, the word, man, this brother here got the word, man. Never left. Never left. As a matter of fact, he started ushering, one of my ushers, greeters or something he was doing, until this lady came down the aisle one day and uh, I'll leave that alone. It was a divine appointment, huh? Yeah, but that's how, that's how it works. But I thank God. That, that, way better. That's Mr. Mr. Gooden over there. Thank you. Sister Kathy and Brother Gene. All right. But that's how it works. That's how it works. Now, now, this lady that sits back here, her and Brother Mike, how long you been in this church, sister? Mike? 28 years. See, that's what I'm talking about. Now, I'm sure what I'm showing you is favor. I'm showing you what? I'm showing you what favor is. God put people in your ministry, in your life, to help you. What they're going to help you do, Pastor? Help you get to where you got to go. Help you to do what God assigned you to do. When God tells you to do something, remember God told Paul to do this? Paul can't do this by himself. Here come Barnabas. Paul went home. They sent Paul home. They're going to kill him. He went back to Tarshish. 
And here come Barnabas at his door. Hello, Paul. They got a revival over there in Antioch. Won't you come go with me? I'm not preaching no more. Paul, you can't stop. Whoa, it's Paul if I preach not to God. That's where he got all that from. Paul came out there and went back with him. And from that day on, Paul was on, on his way. But he had to have somebody in his life. That's what you got to understand. God put people in your life to help you to get to where you got to go. Help you to do what you got to do. You remember Moses? God told Moses, I want you to go to Egypt. What did Moses tell him? I can't speak. Now God already knows you just left Egypt for 40 years. So you already know their language. But he was afraid. So what God did, he said, I'm going to send your brother Aaron with you. Oh, okay. I'm going to go by myself. What did he do? He put grace in his life. So you didn't get it. So Aaron is the grace of God in Moses' life. So everything that God wanted Moses to do, all he had to do is say, Aaron, that's what the grace, somebody said, that's what the grace for. So you got the grace of God in your life. People are the grace of God in your life, and they'll help you to do what you got to do. You just be the leader you're supposed to be. All right, let me, let me move on. Psalm 41, the Lord will deliver him in time of, and he will strengthen him upon the bed of languishing. Thou would make all his bed in his sicknesses. See, those are the seven blessings of favor. If you go back to Genesis chapter number, let's show it to you. If I go all the way back to Genesis, so you got to understand the seven blessings of favor. The seven blessings of favor is God's grace in your life. It's called blessings of favor. So you need to mark these in your Bible. When God first called Abraham, he told Abraham in Genesis chapter 12. Let's go to Genesis 12. And you're going to see the Bible start off with the Lord has said unto Abraham. He already had told Abraham this. But Abraham wasn't in too big a hurry to, get, to leave his people. That's why I said he had told him. Now the Lord has said to Abram, not Abraham now, come to this camera. The Lord has said unto Abram, get out of your country. Go to your father's house. Leave your father's house. Leave your kindreds. I want you to go to the land I will show you. Now watch the seven blessings of favor. I will make you a great nation. But these were all promises. They're not promises no more. They're called abundant favor. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you, I'm not done, but watch, when I get to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, which I'll do next, it'll say that you always have it. What's the name of the abundant favor? Always have it. What is the name of abundant favor? Always have it. All your life, you would always have. When they let me go at General Motors, God opened up what you call, I'm kind of thinking the name of it, a jobs bank. Now I said, well, what in the world are we going to do in a jobs bank? The guy says, no, it's a bank. They just going to keep y'all. So what? You can't do nobody's job. You skill trade. So y'all have to report here every day and watch television, eat popcorn, play your music. They're just going to keep y'all for eight hours. You in a Josh bank. If y'all want to go work somewhere, you can. If you don't, sit right here for eight hours. I said, what? Well, yeah. It was nearly 10 years I was in the Josh bank. I got so bored. Before that was over, I said, can I go work somewhere? He said, where do you want to go? I said, I want to go work with the United Way. And they sent me to United Way, and I had three or four people down there, and I end up, they said, well, why don't you take this seat right here, and you answer the phone, and fill out these forms and hand them to us. I said, I can do that. So I got to know everybody in Punnett. I'm serious. Everybody that wanted to need help called that hotline. That was the hotline. So I had a chance to know. Now, this is God now. I, have to know all the, I got a chance to know all the agencies because I took them their checks. So when they get money from the United Way, I had to go take them to the lighthouse. I can name them all. 
I text them now. And everybody knew me. Not knowing that God's going to have your pastor soon. <laughs> and he's making sure you're going to know all these places and what to do. See, that's what God, God always, and I want to tell you this here, but I don't get a chance to tell you nothing else. Favor always go before you. You don't have to go nowhere and look for favor. Favor was there waiting on you. When God put, when they sold Joseph in Egypt, there was a job waiting for him already to run Egypt. When they sold him into Egypt, there wasn't them selling him to Egypt. God already said, God already prepared me to be here so I can be the leader over Egypt so I can take care of you. So you have to understand, once God put favor in your life, favor go before you. And already have everything ready so when you get there. Favor is what welcomes you. Favors already have everything ready. When they gave you that, that job, Brother Wade, Favor already was over there saying, well, I got something else for him, but I need to start him off right here. See, that's an engineer. So hear him, he started off as an engineer. And then he turned around and God take him to not just being an engineer, but being the foreman of the engineers. That's that man right there. But he don't realize God got something else. See, this is what abundant grace. Abundant grace says, I'm not just going to make you an engineer. I'm going to make you the foreman. I already got the grace here for you. I would always tell him, he ain't seen nothing yet. He'd be like, Pastor, I said, boy, you ain't seen nothing yet. And then God made him the foreman of the foremans. <laughs> of the engineer. Come on, go on, I'm out of But watch where he is every Sunday. Six o'clock in the morning, he in my office. He said, I've got to make a run right quick. I'll be back, be back at 9 o'clock. Be back at 11 o'clock. You got to get that word. See, he didn't think that word was here. He had been to how many churches you've been here before you come in? All of them. Oh, I'm serious. He said, he said, look, I went to every church in Pontiac. I ain't going no more. That's what he told his wife. Am I right, wife? He said, we ain't going nowhere no more. He said, I'm not going nowhere. I'm not, I'm not, I ain't nobody around here. And one day God sent him to one of our Bible classes. He sat up there, he just looked at me. And that word kept on, pam, pam. You know how God does. All he was hearing was, right place, right man. Mm-hmm, that's it. So after service, he would come up and say, I want to ask you some questions. What do you think about so-and-so? And I'd be like, bam, bam, bam. He'd like, Okay, I'll be back. I'll see you next service. And not even known, his wife had already checked this church out too. Am I right, wife? And when he said, you know what, I think I found a church. No, she said, I think he did too. Because I found the same place. And that's what's going to happen in this house. Somebody said a seven blessing of favor. See, Say that's abundant grace. See, you have abundant grace. You have the seven blessings of favor. But, but I'm going to give you another one. When I go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it's called I always have it. Say I always have it. Man, that's an awesome thing to know I'm always having. I never can run out of nothing. You come against me, you're going to cause me to increase. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. <laughs> When I get to it, I'm going to show you. The more, the more, watch this. When I get back to it, I'm going to show you. You go read the book of Exodus. God had already blessed them and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, Jacob and their children. And you know, when they got down to Egypt, they came against them. And the Bible said, the more they afflicted them. Somebody find me that I give them the script. I don't think people realize. The more they afflicted them, the more they increased and multiplied. So the more you going through, more people bothering you, more people coming against you. It's what causes to increase. Because God said, you about to leave him alone. You about to leave him alone, he'll, he'll, he'll multiply in a minute. 
<laughs> Somebody said, leave me alone because you make me want to multiply. Our spiritual multiply. Come against me, our spiritual multiply. Say things about me against me, I'll multiply. God will take the words you using and bring them into my advantage. God will take the seeds you're trying to sow in my life and make them prosper. No weapon, no weapon. I said no weapon. Somebody ought to hear what I'm saying. I said no weapon formed against me can prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in judgment, God said you condemn it. He said I'm not going to do them to it. You condemn it. Well, how am I going to condemn it? You are the righteous. You the one condemning. No weapon formed against you because you are the righteous. Look at somebody say, I'm a Psalm 112 man. Exodus what? Chapter 1, verse 7. You can read that. I'm not going there. I'm going right here to, I'm going right here to close out. My time is already gone. But I'm, I'm going to take about three minutes. Let's go to Psalm 112. Somebody tell somebody, I'm a Psalm 112 man. Yeah, shoot. Yeah, I'm a Psalm 112. Why? Because watch what happened. See, when you're a Psalm 112 man, nothing's nothing going to come against you. I always tell people if you do what God tell you to do, he's making you valuable in the kingdom. He's making you what? Valuable. See, when you are valuable, he can't get rid of you. You know what he give you when you're valuable? Long life. I got to keep him around a long time. You go back and look at the word long life, it's hooked into long life is because he obeyed the word. See, when you obey the word, God will keep you here a long time. Here it is. You need to put in your life. I don't know if you got in your Bible, but in my Bible, in Psalm 112, it says, a godly person is prosperous. You can't stop the righteous from prospering. If you live right, God will bless you. Me, if you live right, God will cause you to multiply. Because he likes folks like you in the earth. If you be faithful over a few things, he said, I'll make you rule over many. You can't stop a righteous man. I don't care how many times he falls. You just wait a minute because he's going to get right back up. <laughs> Somebody say hallelujah. God said, you watch the righteous man. If he falls seven times, keep your eyes on him. Because in the morning, he's going to get right back up. He might not feel good tonight, but you watch in the morning, he's going to be right back up. You got to know who you are. You are the righteous. Come on, I'm going to stop right there. Look at somebody and say, you are the righteous. You might not feel good tonight, but you watch you in the morning. Last night you went to bed, you couldn't even hardly do nothing, but just roll over in the bed. Didn't feel good, just roll over in the bed. I'm just so tired. And then the next morning you got up saying, hallelujah. Well, what happened? When you laid down that night, God ministered to you. You didn't know about it, but the spirit of a living God began to minister to your needs. You are the righteous, and God will make sure you get up every morning. He'll make sure because he gave you mercy. You go back and look at the word of God, and the word of God says, in mercy, endureth forever. Lamentations chapter 3 told you. What did Lamentation 3? What did it tell you? Now, what do he, he what? It renewed Every morning, every morning, God said, here's a new order of mercy. Here's some more mercy. What you went through yesterday, I'm going to give you a double more. I'm going to give you a double. I'm going to give you more. You had abundant grace. You don't have to be worried about tomorrow. The future is in you. You're already in the future. <laughs> If you know who the future is. Do you know who holds the future? See, there was a song out, he holds the future. That's Christ. He is your future. You don't have to be worried. That, the scripture is just plain to tell you over and over. Don't worry about people. Don't worry about nothing. Just make sure you're in Christ. Make sure that's your father. Because your seat can't nobody take. Oh, you didn't hear what I just said. You got a seat with the Father. 
The Bible said we sit together. Now, listen, you don't understand. I, you, this is done. This is great. Grace is done. We sit together in heavenly places. You got to act like that. Get your shoulders up in there. We sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Everybody knows us. Every angel, every angel knows us. Even the evil one, they know it. They know not the church, not my anointing. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go to Psalm 115. Come on, clap your hands for the word. You watch this television broadcast. Listen, let me tell you. The word of God is alive in this place. Listen, the spirit of the Lord got the word over today. I have abundant of word for you. But I can't minister it all in one day. But I want you to enjoy the word of God in this house. Moreover, brothers, Psalm 115, verse 1, I declare to you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you received. See, everything is past tense. Wherein you, wherein you stand by which also you are saved. He, he, he takes everything past it. You are saved. By which also you are saved if you keep it memory. Now that's your part. You got to remember. That's all you got to do. Keep your members what I preach to you unless you have believed in vain. Don't let nothing take that out of your heart. I deliver to you first of all that which I also received. How Christ died for our sin. Well he died on the cross. He was crucified for our sins, according to the scripture. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day, according to the scripture. See, that's what you got to do. You got to keep believing in Christ's death, death, and resurrection. Don't try to figure it out. Let God's grace work in your life. Hey, my time is already gone. I hope you receive the grace of God in your life because that's who Christ is. And when you do, keep hearing the word. Grow in grace. You grow in God's favor. The more wisdom and knowledge you get in God's word, you grow in grace. You become more important. Hey, my time is up. I thank you for yours. And the grace of God. And the word has been opened unto you. And the door of faith is open unto you. Get a lot of big hands. Thank you for listening to the Dora Faith Ministries podcast. I hope this message was a blessing to you and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star rating. Also, be sure to find us online at www.mydoorfaith.org. That's www.mydoorfaith.org.